Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 95. Psalm 95. You know, one of the things that I find all the way through the book of Psalms, there is much said about Thanksgiving, uh, not the holiday, because <laughs> that, that's unique with America, but uh, uh, the, just the, the giving of thanks before God. Uh, the Bible talks about being thankful, uh, particularly in the book of Psalms, but really all the way through Scripture, uh, there is an admonition to be, be thankful. You look, at the, you look at the nation of Israel, and I often uh, think of this and, and reminded of the fact that one of the reasons why I believe that that first generation that came out of Egypt went into the wilderness and uh, uh, spent 40 years in the wilderness and then never did see the promised land. Uh, yes, 12 of them saw it, but they came back, 10 of them had a bad report, and two of them had a, a proper report. And God forbid them to go into the, into the promised land. I, I really believe with all my heart that the one of the, the major reasons why they didn't go in, yes, it was unbelief, but a, attached to unbelief is also the, uh, the sin of ingratitude. And they really were not thankful for really for anything that God had done for them. There, there was just very little thankfulness. There was an awful lot of griping and an awful lot of complaining. And, uh, you know, if, if we are not on purpose thankful to God, then the default mode is to go into the complaining. We're real good at the complaining part, but we're, we're a little short on the, on the thankfulness. So the title of my message this morning is In Everything Give Thanks. It's not our text, but we'll eventually get to it. Let's all stand together, if you would, Psalm 95 and verses 1 and 2, and let's do this. Let's read it together, both verses, out loud in unison. Let's read it together. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together. Thank you for the freedom that we still have in America to assemble freely. Thank you, Lord, for just being our God and being, being so wonderfully good to us. We pray that you would work in this message in our hearts. Help us to be mindful and reminded of all that we have uh, that we should be thankful for. Uh, Lord, over and over and over again, you admonish us to be a grateful and a thankful people. And I have found that a lot of my Christian life hinges on the, the importance and the activity of thankfulness in my life. And when I cease to be thankful, uh, I find that even my love for you begins to diminish. And so, Father, I, I, I pray that you would uh, give us some reminders this morning of all the things that, that uh, we have been so abundantly blessed with and uh, be, be thankful to the God who is the, the one who made it all possible. We, we ask your blessings upon 
this time together in your word. Please speak to our hearts today, and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for doing so. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. You know, notice, notice particularly verse 2. It says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise uh, unto him uh, with psalms. Uh, you know, uh, both, both of those verses, both verses 1 and 2, uh, start, it, start, it starts with, with uh, thanksgiving. It ends with thanksgiving. And in the middle of that, that whole thing is, is joyfulness. I found that, uh, that a thankful heart produces a joyful heart. And the more thankful we are, the more joyful we are. A good habit to get into is uh, whenever uh, you talk to the Lord, start out your prayers with thanksgiving. Start out your prayers with just being grateful to him. Don't ask him for something right off the bat. Uh, thank him for something uh, immediately. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Uh, over in Psalm 95, verse 2, it says, come before his presence with thanksgiving. I've, I've often uh, wondered uh, and thought about, uh, what's, what's the, what am I going to say the very first time my eyes meet the eyes of my Savior in, in eternity? Whether it be whether it be by, by the blessed hope, by the rapture of the, of the church, and uh, we, we get instantaneously changed, or whether it be by death, uh, one day I'm going to see my Savior. I'm going to see the one who made everything possible for me, and particularly my salvation. The very first thing that, that I think I want to say to him is just thank you. Thank you for, for what you have done for me and, and who you are to me. You know, the Bible tells us over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, in other words, you can never go wrong being thankful. Never, never go wrong. And it's, it's the will of God that we be a thankful people. And I think one of the areas, and I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me, one of the areas I, I fail at oftentimes is this area of being thankful. And I just forget uh, all the different ways that God has been a blessing to me and all the different things that I ought to be thankful for. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to spend a little bit of time just looking at the things that God says that uh, we can be thankful for every single day. Uh, turn over in Psalms, uh, over to Psalm 106. Psalm 106. And look with me in the very first verse. This will give us the first thing that we can always be thankful for. It says, praise ye the Lord. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 106 verse 1 says, praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. I, I hear oftentimes God's people, uh, when asked, how you doing? They'll say good, and they'll say, Lord is good. Uh, Brother uh, uh, Carlton Breyer used to always say, I'm good because of him. And what he was saying was, uh, I'm doing well because my God is good. And God is always good. Uh, he has been good to you, and he has been good to me. And uh, how has he been good to us? Well, 
If you're saved, you've got forgiveness. If you're saved, you've got mercy. Uh, if you're saved, he's been, he's been just to you. Uh, he he uh, uh, substituted his son for your sins, and you have eternal life uh, because of him. And, and every judgment, every situation that comes into our life that he allows and that he ordains, it's all, you know, one of the things that you can, you can relax in, you can rely in, is the fact that God is always just. God never has been, nor will he ever be unjust in his dealings with us. Uh, God, God is loving. And, and this is just who he is. This is just the God whom we serve. He is loving. Uh, and and uh, uh, he, you know, I, I, I think often about what he has to put up with from me. And yet his love doesn't waver. His love doesn't, doesn't uh, waffle at all. Uh, he's steady and he's continuous in his love uh, toward me and toward you. Uh, he's kind, he's holy, and we can go, go on and on with all the characteristics. He's, he's all-powerful, he's unchangeable, uh, he's all-knowing. Uh, none of the things that are, that are happening in this world right now and none of the things that are happening in your life right now have taken God by surprise. Not, not a one. Uh, he knows it all, and he is in control. He's long-suffering. He's faithful. He's right, righteous. We just sang a song here, uh, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And uh, uh, the choir sang that song. Uh, I love that song because it, it, it reiterates the fact of how how good God has been to us because he is always faithful. We'll fail. We'll, we'll falter. But God never fails. God never falters. And you, you and I just can be thankful every single day that we have a God that is sure, a God that is steadfast, a God that never changes. One of my favorite verses is a verse that tells us over in the book of James in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, you don't have to guess at what God is like. You don't have to guess uh, at his moods at any particular time. He is consistent. He is the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I realize that, that he deals with different people different ways, and he deals with different people in different ages, different ways, because of different circumstances. But as far as his character goes, it's steady as she goes. Uh, God, God is faithful, and, uh, and he, he never varies, and he never changes. Another thing that we can be thankful for, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In 2 Corinthians 9, look with me down in verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. It's not a very long verse, but very profound verse. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. 
you know, one of the things that we need to be so thankful for, if you have trusted Christ as Savior, if there has come a point in your life where you realize that you are a sinner, and because you are a sinner, you deserve something for your sins. You deserve hell for all eternity because you have sinned against a holy and eternal God. And therefore, that's the punishment that you deserve for sinning against him. And all sin is first and foremost against our God. And uh, uh, the Bible says that, that the whole reason why Jesus Christ uh, was, was born in a stable one day was so that he could die on a cruel cross 33 and a half years later. And uh, uh, he died for our sins. He died because there was, there was no other way out for us. There had to be a payment made for our sins. And not only did he make the payment, but he became the payment. And the Bible says that he not only was our sacrifice for sin, but that he became sin for us. Uh, on that cross, he took all of the reproach of the entire world's sins upon his shoulders. And, uh, you know, when he, when he talked about that bitter cup, he wasn't talking about just the cross itself at all. He was talking about the fact that, that uh, uh, God's wrath would have to be poured out upon him. And he, he allowed that wrath to be poured out upon him for us. Uh, he paid the total price for our sins. And uh, he, he died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. And he was victorious over sin, over death, over hell, and over the grave. And uh, we, can, we can be thankful for that. He says, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Because that's what salvation is. Salvation is a gift. Uh, it, you know, before I got saved, and I think this is true with most folks, um, before I got saved, I thought that salvation was, was something that you had to work for. In other words, it was a wage. A wage is just simply something that you get for work that you have put in. And really, the emphasis is on us when it comes to a wage. But when you're talking about a gift, there's no emphasis on us. There's no emphasis on the receiver. The emphasis is on, and the burden is totally on the giver. The person who gives the gift pays for the gift. That's why I get, get a kick out of these you know, commercials that say, if you buy this product for $5,000, we'll give you a $30 free gift. Oh, big deal. That's not really a gift. I'd like the $30 free gift and just not, not purchase your product. Well, you're not going to get very far there. Uh, it's really not a gift. We've really, we've really diluted the idea of what a gift really is. And it, what a gift really is is the giver gives all. The giver pays all. The receiver pays absolutely nothing. They just simply receive the gift. And if you have trusted Christ as Savior, that's how you came to Christ. Yes, you had to believe on him. Yes, you had to have a repentant attitude in your heart about your sin. But you did nothing but receive that gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Uh, and God makes that very, very plain and very clear. Go with me over to uh, first, uh, excuse me, Colossians chapter 1. Yeah, 1 Colossians. Don't go to 2 Colossians, go to 1 Colossians. <laughs> Colossians chapter 1. And look down with me in verses 12 through 14. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. It says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You know, th those, those verses are loaded with things that happened, and they happened at the moment that you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. When you got saved, you became a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. Uh, you're, going to, you're going to inherit heaven. You're going to inherit all the, all the glories and all the riches therein. And you're going to have it for all eternity because of what Jesus Christ did for you. He delivered us from the power of darkness. Uh, we were under Satan's, Satan's uh, chains and, and, and uh, uh, we were bound by him. We were bound by sin. And God set us free from all that. He set us free from darkness when we trusted Christ as Savior. It says he translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We, we went from, from darkness to light. And that's why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, it says that he redeemed us. That means he bought us. He paid for us. And he paid the total price. None of it is left to us. And then last of all, he, he, just, he gave us forgiveness of sins. And he didn't just forgive my past sins. He didn't just forgive my present sins. He forgave all of my sins, past, present, and future. And uh, we're, we're, if you think about all the things that we are given at the, at the moment of salvation, we're given God's, God's grace. You didn't have the grace of God before you got saved. But as soon as you get saved, you got saved by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. And then not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, we were adopted at that moment. We received an inheritance. We became a child of God. We became an heir of God. We became a new creature in Christ the moment you trusted Christ as Savior. You became a servant of God. And the Bible tells us that we became kings and priests. We got reconciled. We got sanctified. That means set apart. And, and one, of the, one of the reasons why I know that I am eternally secure in him, first of all, is because I am in him. Secondly, is because uh, I'm sanctified. In other words, I'm set apart. When I, when I got saved back in 1969, I was set apart at that moment for heaven. I was given eternal life at that moment. Well, if I have eternal life, then it's never going to stop. And nothing can interfere and get in the way of it being fulfilled. Uh, we, we were given not only eternal life, we were given a purpose in life. Uh, we, we were given peace. 
I, got, I got peace like I had never had before the night that I trusted Christ as Savior because I was reconciled with God. I became a friend of God. When you got saved, your name was written in heaven and you were, you were, promised, you were promised a mansion in heaven. The Bible says that uh, in Ephesians 2, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And, uh, and we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have complete total forgiveness. We're justified. We're redeemed. And we're given power over sin to live a victorious life on a day-by-day basis. You know, I, I, I think about this. And uh, I have a seat in heaven that is reserved for me. Uh, if you're saved, you have a seat in heaven uh, because spiritually speaking, you are as good as there already if you have trusted Christ as Savior. So our salvation is a wonderful thing. We, you know, don't ever get over the fact that you're saved. Just don't get over that. Uh, that is something that we can constantly and continually rejoice in. Another thing that we can get that we can re- rejoice in is, is uh, the, the victory that God has given to us. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the resurrection chapter. And it, it, it uh, explains what Christ did by, by his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But, but uh, I want you to look with me particularly in verse 57. Well, let's see, go up to verse 54. It says, so, that, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, talking about your earthly body taking on the, the, the spiritual body, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. According to Scripture, if you're saved, you, God has given you victory. He's given you victory over death, over hell, over sin, and over the grave. And none of those things will hold you because you have that victory through Jesus Christ. The Bible says, but, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through, the, uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have, we have victory over, over those things. We have victory over sin according to Romans chapter 6. Uh, when, when we trust Christ as Savior, He gives us power so that we don't have to be the servant of sin anymore. He gives us victory over problems, and he gives us victory over trouble. Uh, Sometimes uh, he takes us through those things and just gives us the strength to go through them. Sometimes he gives us total deliverance from them. Uh, Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians and look at chapter 2 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, Now thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, that doesn't mean that Paul didn't have trouble. Man, he had trouble. He, had, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. 
He was uh, left outside Lystra for dead. Uh, he was imprisoned. Uh, he, had, he had his friends forsake him. Uh, he had problem after problem after problem. But every single, in, within each of those problems, within each of those trials, God gave him the victory. And he makes that very clear when he says, and, and maketh manifest the, the savor of his knowledge in us in every place, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Uh, he was not a defeated man, though he had many problems and though he had many, many difficulties, because he got the victory through Jesus Christ. Uh, we are given answers to prayer. Uh, just this last week, uh, and I don't think I've had the opportunity to, to tell anybody this, but uh, uh, I, I think I told the men last night, but I've asked you to pray for a good friend of mine by the name of Bob Hart. Bob and I got saved together, and uh, he just recently uh, contracted uh, cancer of the vocal cords and uh, had, that, had, had treatments on it, and uh, uh, they were very painful. He totally lost his voice. I, I don't think there's any, anything more tragic for a man who's been called to preach to lose his voice. Uh, and and uh, uh, so I asked you to pray for him to get his voice back. Well, he texted me, I think it was just yesterday, and he says, I got my voice back. Praise the Lord for that. Thank you for praying for him, by the way. And uh, he got his voice back. But, but you see that kind of victory through prayer. I didn't see that before I got saved, but salvation uh, gives us victory. Uh, and, and you see victories on a day-by-day -day basis. Another thing that we, we can thank God for is we thank God that he uses us. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1, look down at verses 12 and 13. First Timothy 1, 12 and 13. It says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a uh, persecutor and, and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Now what Paul's saying here is, his, I can't believe I was such a wretch, and yet God called me into the ministry, and now he's using me. He's using me. Uh, God can use you. You just need to be uh, off, offered to him and be usable, and he will use you. But it's, it's an amazing thing, and it's something that we ought to be thankful for. Uh, every time that God uses you to be a blessing, every time that God uses you to be part of an answer to something, every time God uses you to lead someone to Jesus Christ, every time your testimony uh, is, is influential and people get saved as a result of that, uh, we, ought to, we ought to just be thankful that, uh, that, that God uses it. And here's the reason why. Look down at verse 15. And he, he says, you know, I, I was a blasphemer. I persecuted and, pro and prosecuted the church. And then he says in verse, verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He had the right perspective on his own, his own self and his own sin. He said, listen, I am 
the chief of sinners. And yet, because of salvation, God uses me. And anytime that you're used of God, uh, you ought to be thankful for the fact that he uses you. It's amazing to me that God can use any of us, but he does. He does, and he, and, uh, and he can use you too. And as he does use you to put a smile on somebody's face, to put a smile on God's face, uh, just to be used to uh, give God's glory uh, publicly and to, to give it so that others can see it, uh, that is something that we ought to be thankful for. Another thing that we ought to be thankful for is we ought to be, we ought to be thankful to God for one another. The people that God has put into our lives. Uh, Philippians chapter 1. Turn with me there if you would. Philippians 1. And look at verses 3 through 5. This is what Paul said about the church at Philippi. He said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He was thankful for their fellowship. He was thankful for their encouragement and for, for their help. At the, end of the, at the end of the book, he talks about the fact that there was a time when the only church that was supporting him and helping him and meeting his needs at the present time was the church at Philippi. And uh, he, was, he was thankful for that. He was thankful for the, the blessing that this church and the, the individuals therein a word of him. Uh, true thankfulness uh, always uh, results in praying for those people that we're thankful for. The more thankful I am for folks, the more I will pray for those that I'm thankful for. Go to, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And look in verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. We ought to be thankful for folks that respond to the Word of God. I get excited uh, every Thanksgiving whenever we give our testimonies because when we say what we're thankful for, it often reveals what's been going on in the lives of people. And as I stood here on, on Tuesday night and listened to all the various testimonies, uh, you could tell that God's Word is making a difference in people's lives. And uh, that's always something to be thankful for. As, as we minister to others and as we try to be a blessing to others and we see them respond, not to us, but to the truths that are found in the Word of God, that's something to be thankful for. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look in verses 3 through 6 with me. It says, We are, we are bound to thank God Always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because it's your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, 
so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing that with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you." Uh, he's saying there that, that he, he's thankful for those who suffer patiently for righteousness' sake and those that grow in faith and those that grow in charity. Be careful. Be careful about being quick to see the, the, the defects in others and slow to see the improvements in others. In other words, when God does something uh, in somebody's life, no matter how big, no matter how small it is. We ought to rejoice. We ought to take note of that thing. And that ought to be something that we're, we're thankful to God for. Uh, the more thankful that I am for others, the less I complain about others. And listen, I, I'm the first to admit, there's, there's much that we have to complain about, about each other. We can, you know, I, I can find defaults, I can find defects in a heartbeat, but we ought to be sensitive to see how folks are responding. I went up to someone here not too long ago and just let them know that I've seen some changes in them. I've seen some changes in their family. And uh, I think it's important to do that from time to time. Uh, you see somebody who's, who, who's growing in Christ or made a stride in a particular area, uh, go up and thank them for it and, and let them know, listen, I want you to know it's been noticed and, and praise the Lord, I thank the Lord for, for you. That's what Paul's doing here. He's saying, listen, I've observed you folks and I've seen how you've responded to God's word and I'm thankful and I'm thankful for your response. So thank God for one another. Then, then thank God for all things. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, look down in verse 20. Ephesians 5, 20. It says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God makes it very, very plain that we're to thank God for all things. Why is that? Well, because there's no such thing as fate in the Christian life. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as an accident. There's not something that just had, I mean, you might have accidents, but it, those accidents didn't happen accidentally. Uh, God knew about all of them, and he either planned them or he allowed them uh, to, to, to take place in your life. There is no such thing as happenstance for a Christian. There is no such thing as luck in a Christian's life. I, I can't stand it when one Christian tells another Christian, well, good luck. No, 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 no. God bless, but not good luck. Uh, there is no luck in a Christian's life. And because of that, we ought to be thankful for all things. Not just in everything give thanks, but for all things, we ought to be thankful. And, you know, that's easy when it's the, the stuff that we like. 
then, then, then it gets a little bit more difficult when it's the things that we, we don't like. Uh, there's oftentimes we take some good things even for granted and we just forget to thank God for. When's the last time you thanked God that you slipped into a bed that had clean sheets in it? When was the last time you thanked God for the food specifically that is on your table? One, one of the things we, we've done from time to time is we, we have, when we sat down to eat, we, we thank the Lord for the meat. We thank the Lord for the potatoes. We thank the Lord uh, for, yes, even the Brussels sprouts and, and the asparagus and the broccoli and all that other kind of stuff. I, I, I enjoy those things. Uh, you know, when, when, I, when I was growing up, it wasn't an option. I can remember, um, I can remember get, gagging on mashed potatoes when I was a kid. And, and uh, you say, well, you mean you didn't like them? No, that, I literally gagged when I tried to eat mashed potatoes. So your parents kept the mashed potatoes. Oh, no, 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 no. They made sure I ate my mashed potatoes. I don't gag anymore. I love mashed potatoes. Oh, you put some gravy on there. You put that turkey gravy on on this last Thursday. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, I, I, I enjoy those things. We, we ought to thank God for, for the little things that we have in life. Thank the Lord that you got a car to drive. Thank the Lord that you have a house that you live in. Uh, and then also thank the Lord for the adverse things in our lives because those are the things that we learn on. Those are the things that we grow on. Uh, and all of these things, uh, we, we can be thankful as we're filled with the Spirit. I want you to notice, if you're in Ephesians 5 still, go up to verse 18. It says, and be not drunk with wine, we're in success, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we allow the Spirit of God to control us, we will become more thankful. And we'll not just be thankful for the things that we consider blessings, but we'll be thankful for all things and for all people and for all circumstances that God puts in our lives. And then last of all, and certainly not least, go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. And I think this, this, this one is especially important because of the times that we're living in. Uh, I, I, I believe you're going to see more instances of what we're about to read about, uh, you're going to see more instances occurring in the lives of believers uh, than, uh, than we have in the past. And I, I believe it's just because of the times that we're living in. We definitely are in the last days, and God, God warned us. He said, he said, in the last days, perilous times shall come. But be thankful for those perilous times. Be thankful for the time that you're living in because God may have placed you here. In fact, I know he's placed you here for such a time as this. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. Verse, verse uh, uh, 19, it says, For this is thankworthy. In other words, we ought to be thankful. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it? 
when you be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. In other words, if you, you know, if you do wrong and God, God chastens you and beats you up a little bit, what in the world are you complaining about? Uh, you, you say, well, I took it patiently. Well, yeah, you did wrong. But what about when you do right and suffer for it? Well, he says, but if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. It says it's, it's thankworthy. In other words, it's worthy of, of thanks to God for having the opportunity to suffer wrongfully. Uh, you have an opportunity whenever you suffer for doing right. You have an opportunity to identify with Jesus Christ. Because as we said earlier in the message, when he died on that cross, he did nothing wrong. He was absolutely perfect. He was absolutely pure. He was absolutely sinless. But he took on the punishment for your sin and for mine. Well, when we suffer wrongfully, uh, we, can, we can better identify for Jesus, with Jesus Christ. And it's a privilege to be able to, to suffer for doing right. Patience uh, involves the absence of complaint. In other words, if I am patient when I'm suffering wrongfully, I'm not grumbling about it. You know what usually is the first thing out of most of our mouths, myself included, when, when something happens and I, I did right and I get buffeted for doing right, usually, unfortunately, the first thing out of my mouth is not, thank you, Lord, it's a complaint. But you know what? When we realize that it's a privilege to do right and to suffer for it, to, to take a stand for God and to be disdained for that, that is not, that is not a, a badge of reproach. It may be from the, from the eyes of the world, but it's a badge of honor to God. And it says that this is acceptable with God. And because it's acceptable with God, it's something that we ought to thank God for. It's those kind of times and those kind of situations that uh, refines us, that strengthens our faith and, and causes us to get closer to God. The, 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 the bottom line in this whole message is just simply this. In everything, give thanks. We have much to be thankful for. Why should we give thanks? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If someone was to, was to characterize your life right now, where it is, right in the middle of whatever you're right in the middle of, I don't know what it is, would they see a person who is grumbling, complaining, dissatisfied, or would they see a person who's thankful. We have much to be thankful for. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you'd help us to look honestly at our own hearts and look honestly at our own lives. I can't speak for anyone else, but Lord, you know me, and oftentimes that gratefulness slips. Oftentimes, we spend more time either asking you for things, which is fine. You've told us that 
We have not because we ask not. But we spend more time asking or we spend more time complaining. And Lord, uh, a thankful heart is not a complaining heart. It's not a griping heart. In fact, those two really can't coexist. Either the thankfulness takes over or the complaining spirit takes over. As I said in the beginning of the message, the entire nation of Israel lost out on so many blessings because they weren't thankful. And they were, had a complaining spirit. And because of that, they lost their faith in you. God, I pray that you would work in our hearts this morning. Or if there be any of that complaining spirit, if there be any ungratefulness, if there be a lack of faith, Help us to realize how important it is for us to be thankful. Speak to our hearts. If there's anyone here this morning or within the sound of my voice this morning that does not know Christ as Savior, uh, Lord, it's, it's, it's difficult to have a grateful spirit when you're heading straight for the lake of fire for all eternity. God, the, the, if there's anyone here or listening to this message right now that is not saved, may the, today be the day that they repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive the gift of eternal life. God, please have your will, have your way in this invitation and in our hearts and lives right now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.